With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Holding Down the Fort. What's up, everybody? Today, we are holding down the fort with Brennan Morse, right-handed pitcher in the Texas Rangers organization. Brennan, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And uh, now, we met Brennan uh, just earlier this summer, my uh, my first time, actually a couple times last summer, uh, playing for the Niagara Power here in uh, Niagara Falls, New York, um, Perfect Game Collegiate Summer League. Wood Bat League. He was on his way to uh, to end Triple C last year, where uh, he got drafted as a freshman this year in the 18th round by the Texas Rangers. Um, this all happened in the last few weeks here. Uh, so we've got Brennan fresh off of uh, you know fresh off of the draft process, and um, you know maybe he's got some some surprising uh, news for for y'all out there. So I'll let him take it over. But B. Start us all the way back at the beginning. How did we get into baseball and how did it end up being something that, uh, that, you know, obviously we took really seriously? Yeah, totally. So I played baseball from a super young age. Uh, I started playing around three. Uh, I played other sports growing up. But baseball was always my thing for sure. I, uh, I especially love pitching. It was just, it was just, it was always been my favorite sport. Uh, I didn't get super into it, uh, like super, like, involved with it with travel ball up until I was about 16 or 17 I had a pretty I went to Williamsville North High School which is like pretty local and I had like a pretty good junior year and I uh I got involved um a little bit more in the travel ball circuit playing like a little bit of perfect game tournaments and then I um got reached out to by uh coach Klinger Smith from NCCC and I just decided I wanted to continue my career and I committed there, and then ever since there, I, uh, I've just been devoting everything I have to the game, and I love it. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of guys, you know, we've had some other uh, NCCC guys obviously being right up the road at uh, Strike Zone um, who have come through the building, who have been on the show, some guys who played, you know, a little bit longer ago, some guys who've played more recently. And one of the big, um, you know, one of the big constants, I'd say, from everybody who's been to NCCC and been in that coach Klinger Smith program. Um, there's a, there's a very similar tone around when you get there as a freshman and it's kind of like a, Oh shit. Like I'm going to really have to work at baseball in order to, right. to keep playing baseball. And um, you know, from, from just the, the minute, the minute you got there, right. Coaching staff wise, um, did you just felt like, Oh man, like, were we really got to step our game up or did we walk in super comfortable, ready to ready to just go out there and be ourselves? Yeah. So I thought I had it all figured out when I came and, you know, I thought I was a pretty, pretty skilled pitcher and stuff, but my fall was actually pretty terrible. I, um, I remember one inner squad in particular, in particular, I had like two home runs hit off me, just 
guys was barrels everywhere and I was like wow you know like I kind of have to learn how to pitch you know I can't just throw the ball wherever I want it kind of thing I really had to learn how to attack certain hitters but um coach CJ and Kling CJ's the pitching coach there kind of yeah absolutely absolutely beauty of a of a dude I know he's had you know obviously Burchard this year is there with you and you guys getting better over over the last year right like Kling's always been a big time pitching guy he obviously played when he played quite a while ago but CJ just got done he's been at and trip as a, as a player on the playing side. So knows what quick clings looking for, but he's a little, little more into, uh, you know, the, the, the current pitching, uh, you know, kind of, you know, philosophies and uh, things that you got to do in order to make guys better. Right. Right. Absolutely. And it's super nice having a young assistant coach like that. You can kind of connect with him a little bit and um, he kind of understands how it is to go through, especially at Entrip because that's where he played. And yep, so. and that's a that kind of bridges the gap between the the players and the coaching staff where he can kind of relate it well to you without you getting oh, fucked to death or uh you know going to the other side and saying hey 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 Morse is gonna come at you from kind of this direction and uh knows how to how to tame the old Klinger Smith lion. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think that's a it's pretty important for every program, especially at NCCC. I think it was much needed and it and it helped. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, all, all head coaches, right. Sometimes as a freshman, especially in the current, like the COVID stuff that's going on, rosters are big, right. It's easy to come in and almost feel out of place sometimes as a guy who's going into college for the first time, what kind of things did, did you do to just kind of get comfortable on campus and like, just, you know, relationship wise, how did it, uh, you know, how did it all unfold for you? So you had a terrible fall, but obviously we didn't do too bad. Right. Yeah, definitely. So one of the main things is definitely just devoting yourself to it. Um, you definitely have to be in the weight room and that adds a ton of respect amongst the guys, you know, make friends with everybody. It makes everything 10 times easier if you're friends with everybody. Um, and yeah, just make sure like guys respect people that put their head down and work hard and like take care of their business. So that's definitely be my piece of advice. That's what I did after my, uh, after my fall. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's easy to get kind of lost in today's game and age. A lot of my, you know, the scouting groups that I'm part of, um, you know, a lot of the older guys in it talk about how baseball is in, in all sizzle and no stake game anymore because everyone's about the bat flips and the guys who run the six two sixties and the, all, you know, all the flashiness of, of baseball. So you miss out on a lot of, you know, guys who have the ability to pitch when they don't throw a hundred guys who can move the ball around, who can spin the ball. Well, but ultimately, right. Like you get in there and you just start working hard at it. Right. Like your teammates like you when you're good, right? right. Like it's a, right. You say you get be friends with everybody, but they really respect the fact that you put your head down and you work hard, right? You're not talking about it. You're being about it. So we always say to even our younger guys, right? Like if you go into any situation, whatever, you know, whatever team is on the front of your Jersey, if our goal is to stay in baseball, that, that team changes all the time, right? Until we get to the highest level, that team's going to say something different all the time. Right? So if you're always taking good care of the guy on the back, right? You're worrying about the guy in the back, not anybody else. Whoever's on the front of the Jersey is happy to have the guy who's on the back of the Jersey, right? Does that, that kind of fit into the the philosophy there? Yeah, 100%. And uh, one thing I found is the higher you get in level of baseball, it's just the more that you take care of your business and that you don't 
make sure that you don't just talk about it and you and like people actually see you doing it is the more respect you're going to get and you'll become more well-liked for sure. Yeah. Say, say less was on um, some of our weight room shirts in one of the pro organizations I've, I've been in. It was always that kind of stuck with me that it was just like, yeah, like, you know, you don't need to talk about it if you are about it every day. Right. And so we started saying, you know, be about it. And then say less was something that just like, you know, you, you've been in the clubhouse with us, you know, a couple of weeks back, right. The guys get mm-hmm. fired up. They get going at each other. Right. There's always a lot of egos in, in baseball. So it's easy to get going back and forth with the boys, start talking, talking big games sometimes, but ultimately, mm-hmm. right. Like we all kind of respect the fact that like, Hey, that guy's a dog. And we know that he's working his ass off to be as good as he is. Right. Like you don't just get places without working really hard at it, even when people aren't seeing it. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So back to kind of your path along, right? So you sound like you kind of, you know, you jumped into travel baseball late. Did we get, um, do we play showcase Thunderwolves for, for Zemecki? No, I never played any Thunderwolves, uh, any Thunderwolves until I got to NCCC. So I just you were, you were a real Thunderwolf only. That's a that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I played so I grew up playing at Lou Gehrig. Um, okay, so you're on LG Red as you got as you grew up. Blue. I was blue. on. I was on LG White actually. I was on the C team when I was <laughs> nine, and then I took a year off because it it hurt my self esteem. You know, I was like, oh I hate man, this. baseball, baseball sucks. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's exactly how it happened, and then. Um, I just played for the the blue team up until I was about 14, I think it was 13, 14. And then I joined a uh, Griff's baseball, like the independent travel organization. So I don't think it's a thing anymore, but that's, that's what no, I played when I was, uh, 15 and 16. There, there are some dudes on your team too, right? Like they had a, they had a really good couple of teams there. You guys are nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played for, so there was the Griff's team that came from Titans baseball. And that was like with Billy Moe and like, Max Yell and those guys. And then yep. I, was on, I was on the other one where the Inferno and the Lou Gehrig joined. And that's where I met like one of my buddies, Andrew Hearn. Yep. Um, he's and, a like, dog. Yep. He is he's a dog and a few other guys like that. So that's yeah, that's, that's huge. So um, now going through, you know, last summer you were here pitching for the power, wanted to come back and do that. Um, being from Williamsville North, staying in the area the last two summers, um, tell us a little bit about your family and the connection you have there. Did you live at home? Um, you know, mom and dad must, uh, must really love what's going on right here in the last few weeks, right? Yeah, definitely. No, we're all, they're all super stoked for me. It's been, it's been absolutely crazy, but yeah, so I actually, um, I actually really wanted to get out of the area to go play, to go to normal college before I decided I want to play baseball. I was going to go to like LSU or Alabama, you know, just have a good time, business program, that whole thing. And then once I stayed around, you know, I was like, guys, I'm going to see you a whole lot, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be living in the dorms at NCCC. So that's what I did. And then this next year I was going to plan on um, getting an apartment near there as well. But so, yeah, I mean, the the experience, right, becoming friends with all the guys on the team, if we, you know, we have a lot of a lot of high school guys who are going through the recruiting process now, their parents who listen to the show, um, mm-hmm. you know, talking to them about that freshman year, really like getting into the college life is just as important as how you how you play on the field, right? Those relationships we build in the fall. 
Right. Always. 100%. I mean, your teammates, it is a team sport and the closer you are to your teammates and the more they respect you, the easier it's going to be for you. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think, you know, it's easy when you, when you live at home sometimes to, oh man, I just got home. I'm not going to drive back out there and go to this or do this with them. Or it, when you live with guys, you're almost around guys who are, who live, breathe, eat baseball every day. Right. So it's so much easier to just like, Hey, get your ass up. We're going over to to throw right now. Hey, we got to get out there. We're going to play two on two basketball. Dudes are at the apartments playing video games. We're at least all together doing something collectively mm-hmm. where we're competing. We're talking shit to each other, right? It's all the all the the fun nitty gritty stuff that you got to do as a team. Yeah, everybody's there to motivate each other, 100%. One of my main memories I remember was we just got done doing a banquet at like nine. At like we got home maybe like 10, 10, 30. We had to work the banquet front triple C donors, and me and my buddy and all like. I was just like, dude, like we got to get our throwing in. So we went outside, strapped our J bands up to a car door handle, did those, and then threw in the parking lot up until around like 1130. And like, it was, it's just a whole bunch of keeping each other accountable, you know, especially like the guy's about to oversleep, you wake him up, you know, like, Hey, we got a lift, like all that stuff. It's just the team aspect is super big, especially when you're living with other guys as well. Yeah. And like I said, it's just so much, it's just so much easier when you're, you're just kind of stuck in it every day. Right. So mm-hmm. we let's fast forward you a little bit, right. Take me through the, uh, the past few weeks, we were planning on starting a, a Wednesday game, I believe two weeks ago for the Niagara power when right. uh, Monday and Tuesday, our, our life changed a little bit. So um, mm-hmm. go ahead and walk me through from when we, you know, T money first came out to see you when you first kind of under, understood what was going on and mm-hmm. then uh, just kind of how it all ended up unfolding for you. Yeah. So I never knew pro ball would be a reality for me at all. I yeah. mean, obviously that's, that's every little kid's dream is to play professional baseball. Like that's the best thing ever. But um, obviously you mentioned Ryan Burchard. That's a, that's a guy who's, he got picked fifth round by the Brewers. He's a super talented guy. Um, and the, ranger scout team money came to watch his bullpen in the winter and then i was lucky enough to be throwing the same day and uh he noticed me you know thought i thought he saw something gave me his card and was like hey you know like let's stay in touch and then he ended up seeing my first start down in florida um and then he came did that, to an- did that go pretty well when he was there uh it went it went i think it went pretty i think it was like five innings like one earned seven K something like that. Like, so it was like, it was like pretty, pretty good. Pretty decent, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, I absolutely like blew his blew the doors of everybody. You know, it was, it was like, a, it was like a solid start. Yeah. Um, um, the, oh, I feel like always when, when our pro guys would come out, right. Like they're looking at warm up stuff, body language stuff, like, you know, the, the not, you know, commanding the baseball is, has become more and more of a, a thing, right. Where like, you know, Hey, we can't be going four or five walks with those seven punch outs and just bailing our way out of the situations because they know guys at the next level can, can bang really make you pay for that. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a guy, when you, when you grew up, let's just touch base real quick on some of the things pitching wise that whether it was your dad or your LG coaches, where did you mm-hmm. come up with, you know, your repertoire and how, uh, you know, how you kind of attack hitters. Yeah, one thing that my uh, my dad and my coaches definitely installed in me was to kind of really not show a whole lot of emotion on the mound. I was never really a big celebratory guy, and I was I was never the guy when I'd just get taken out of the game to just go spike my glove in the dugout or yell at anybody, you know. And they definitely told me like you know like that show 
shows a lot of strength, like when you don't do certain things and you got to make sure that like you don't get rattled by anything and you're just in the moment and everything else is just outside of, um, it's just out of mind, out of sight, all that stuff. So yeah, the, the control, the controllables, right? Like the mound becomes right. a real lonely place sometimes and you're not exactly sure what's going on. You're not exactly sure what to do. Like being present, right. Staying in that moment, something from a young age that I think you can really, you know, you can coach pitchers, hitters into having their own, their own way to reset, right? You don't need coaches help. You don't need, we don't need mound mound visit every inning to, you know, screw your head back on the lack Mm -hmm. of showing emotion. I've always felt like is a strong, you know, a strong correlation to your preparation and ultimately what, you know, what you do to put work in off of the mound, right? Right. If you're really upset about it, well, are you upset because you're trying to cause a distraction from how bad you just did, right? Because everybody mm-hmm. sees it, right? Baseball might be a team sport, but spotlight mm-hmm. on the mound, spotlight at the plate, spotlight when the ball goes between your legs for a, you know, a big situation. It's mm-hmm. still a very like individualized situational game. Mm-hmm. And pitching's the ultimate example of that, right? You have the ball every time you're the only guy who can throw it to the plate. We're ultimately in control. So when you don't get caught up in the emotions of it, it also sends a message to the other eight guys on the team. Right. And we've mm-hmm. seen guys with bad body language. It's real easy to feed off that. I think it's so easy to feed off good body languages and scouts, especially pick up on that stuff. Right. Right. Definitely. So one thing that I noticed, um, I mean, you hear it from a young age, kind of, you know, like, Hey, like people aren't just looking at your play. They're looking about how you move, how you interact with teammates, how you talk to coaches and all that stuff. And I didn't really believe it until I actually saw it. I was so, going to say it's it's really hard to get you guys to believe that when mm-hmm. us older guys are saying that to you, I feel like I feel right. like that's one of the hardest things to really get through. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. Cause you're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I've heard this a thousand times. It's, it's just like that whole, like, yeah, be a good person thing. Like I get it, whatever, like shut up. Um, <laughs> but then I actually was like, okay, there's definitely some truth to this. When I noticed that um, the T money was there, probably about an hour, hour and a half before my start, just watching about how I was sitting in the dugout the game before, if I was giving everybody high fives, how I warmed up, um, kind of how I talked to coaches, if I had any any interactions with fans or if people on the other team, like anything. And they just, they watch about how you do basically everything. I mean, I'm pretty sure like, yeah, they like, they know you can play. That's the thing. It's like, but what's going to separate yourself is like how you act outside of the field. Well, yeah. And like, ultimately in, in organization is they run a business, right? And what are they like? They are investing in the people that they want in their organization. So you causing any sort of negative interaction with a fan an umpire, someone on the other team, it's so often the guys don't understand an automatic scrap, right? Cause it's like, well, we just can't take a chance on giving someone money who's going to come in and blemish our organization's reputation right it is it is literally it is literally a business they don't want if if you're going to be the guy who comes in and causes problems and it's a big issue and you're always late to things if you're doing if you're just messing up like crazy it's just extra things that they don't need to worry about and they're like they are running a business and they need to make sure that everything goes smoothly And there's a lot of guys who would love to do what you're doing. Right. So at the same time, it's the, the ultimate, like, Hey, whoever screws up the least and then happens to do the best are the guys who stay around. Right. And like step one of that is like, 
screwing up the least, right? Like not mm-hmm. causing any problems off the field, not being late to stuff, no missing vans, no, no interactions. I always say, especially to our young kids, like if you don't talk to the umpire and you don't talk to the other team, that's a great way to always kind of make sure that you're playing the game against the baseball. And it right. doesn't matter if, you know, it doesn't matter if we're playing like you are the Yankees tomorrow, right? Maybe. Or if we're playing the 11 U LG white team, like the other teams, you know, irrelevant, like you go out, you throw strikes, you play good toss and catch on defense. You see the ball well at the plate and you swing the bat hard. Like knowing that we're playing the Yankees tomorrow does nothing but set us and set us up for, Oh man, these guys are going to be so much better than we are. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. And so there, like there it is again, right? Like, we get to end triple C we have an instant role as a freshman. And then mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're coming in to the summer and it's like, man, like Birch, obviously, you know, going to the draft league, pumping 98, being the duty was all year and last year. And that's, that's a huge eye opener for a lot of guys who might not get seen, but it's you doing all those things, right. Even when they weren't there, like they're there all the time, right? Like it doesn't matter who's there. Brennan Morse mm-hmm. is the same every time he pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I take I take a lot of pride in that. I, I really focus on one thing that I wanted to make sure I didn't get too involved with because, you know, I was going back for my second year. I had to think about colleges, where I was going to get, where I was going to commit to and all that stuff. And I really just had to focus on the day to day. And it's really easy to get caught up in the whole process of, oh, you know, like in like a few months, I have to hit this certain number. You know, I have to get my VLOOK for this. You know, it's, you can get really caught up in all of that. So one thing I really made sure I did um, once the spring ended and for the summer was just focus on the day to day. You know, it's like, OK, did I lift today as hard as I could? Did I throw as did I throw today? Did I make sure I did my stretching, my mobility and all that stuff? Did I hydrate and all that stuff? And just if you do that, everything else will take care of itself. That's what I really worked on this summer. Yeah. And I think once again, like we're back to ultimately the discussion is how do you get taken right as, as a guy who's a freshman planning on just finishing a summer out in a college league, going back to junior college again in the fall and worrying about the rest of the college process, right? How do all of a sudden we get picked out of this bucket in order to go, right? We've still been doing everything right he sees you every day. We're never worried about anyone else. You're in your own routine. And I think for coaches, right. And for scouts, there's no, you know, we're not problematically adding to, you know, a coach's job. Brendan Morse comes in, he knows exactly what he's doing every day at this level. Well, imagine with the access to information, the training available, you know, uh, resources that we have and all of the medical staff that we have, this guy can come in and get better and we can just help him improve his current routine, right? Like we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not giving this guy a new structure. Like he's been really working on this stuff where he's going to show up and he's just going to put on a new Jersey that says the Texas Rangers. He's going to get ready to work how he's been doing. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's definitely what it is. I think that's what got me picked. It's literally just that like, there's tons of guys, like when they get picked, you know, you have to rework the way they think and all their mental and all that stuff. But Honestly, with me, I feel like it's just like I'm so used to just putting my head down and working. And that's what Juco instilled in me as well. It's like, OK, if we give this guy the right technology and the right coaching and all that stuff, like maybe something good could happen. So I think that's why I got selected. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're uh, we're looking at Monday, you know, Monday, 
day one of the draft, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, we, you know, obviously we see the, the whole first round go down. No contact up to that point. Is that correct? Uh, no. So I, yes, it is correct. But at the same time I had, after I, um, after we got home from Tennessee in the World Series for Juco, um, he texted me and asked if we could have a Zoom call. And then it was about an hour and a half Zoom call uh, with T-Money, the scout. And he explains, you know, how the whole draft prospect works, like where I would be if I got selected and all that stuff. And he basically explained to me, you know, like I'm on the I'm on the draft board for them. And, and he was just like, you know, it's pretty hard to get picked, but, you know, like we're going to keep looking at you and all this stuff. Um, and he was like, so I will going to I am going to ask you, like, if we pick you, would you sign? He's like, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to ask you that, but I will eventually. And I was like, OK, so nothing the day one, nothing day two. And then the morning of day three, I was at work. It was around 9 a.m. Um, I and where, where are we working at, at, the, at this time? At Lou Gehrig. I was on the grounds crew. Very um, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Dedicate, giving it back to the kids. We love it. <laughs> Big full circle moment. It was pretty crazy. Um, so then I was just there. I looked down. I saw I had a missed call from him. So I immediately was like, oh, shit. Um, so I texted him. I was like, hey, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can call now. So we got on the phone and he basically just asked me, like, you know, like, if we picked you, would you sign? And it was kind of like, it's obviously a no brainer for me. Like just, it's your childhood dream. Like who's going to say no to that? So I was like, absolutely. So then um, I didn't hear anything else. The draft started around two o'clock. I kind of went home and I was just like, okay, let's see when the Rangers have picks. And I was like, okay, they have like, it was every 30 picks. So they have like 471, 501 and 531 and then 61 and 91. Right. So I was just, um, I was just looking on my phone on the draft draft tracker because there's no like live stream or whatever for it yep for the third day and then um i was going like one pick before so on pick 500 we had 501 i was like, okay like let's just see and like someone's name pops up i'm like okay whatever and then it was pick 530 and i was just thinking like um i was like oh shoot like they won't pick me because i didn't get a phone call like <laughs> and i was like okay you know, like so then i remember hearing this story about this guy who uh who got who randomly just saw his name pop up on the website and he had no idea. And then as I was thinking that, I just looked, there was like the Texas Rangers logo and it was blank. And then my name just showed up <laughs> out of nowhere. And like so my you dad, watched it appear. I just watched it appear. Yeah. And I was sitting there with my dad and my mom, like they were just not doing their own thing. And my dad was watching it as well on his phone. And we just saw it at the same time and immediately just lost it. So it's pretty, it was pretty cool. That's what happened. That's it. And that, that story is uh, Alexander the Gator Johnson, who is from uh, uh, inner city school in Buffalo. He played full circuit. Um, he was a high school draft pick by the Reds in the 36th round. And the mm-hmm. Buffalo News called him and asked him, you know, hey, how did it feel to get drafted? And he goes, drafted by who? I, did, I didn't get drafted. And they go, no, you got taken in the 36th round. Like, it happened a few hours ago. And he was like, Nobody told me. What do you mean? They were just like, oh, we swear it's you. Like, we know it's you. And he was, yeah. So they had to explain to him that he he got drafted. And then the Reds called a little bit later and said, oh, yeah, by the way, we took you in the, the 36. What's up, man? Like, <laughs> come on out. <laughs> that is unreal. Yeah, no, that's, that is definitely a crazy story. I got a call about 10 minutes after I got picked by Team Money. He just said, you know, congratulations. Like, we'll, we'll reach out in the next few days about some details. He's like, just don't be an idiot and screw it up tonight. And I was like, okay. Sounds good. That's that's it, man. And there's there's some stories that uh that we have from uh you know guys who were very potential 
high round day one people who mm-hmm. had a, a rough, rough go at the hotel the night before draft yeah. party got all excited, whatever yeah. details kind of happened, a bathtub in the hotel room that they had got overflowed and ends up doing six figures worth of damage to the hotel across seven or eight different floors. And all of a sudden the next day came and he did not only not go on day one, but he went on zero days because of this one night before day one. It was uh, something that was kind of crazy. So T money with the ultimate advice of please do not screw this up tonight. Is a, uh, I think that's a, that's a seasoned veteran right there talking to you. Basically. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I made sure I was nice and safe. Some of my friends were getting together um, and I just, I just went out. I just went with them to like much as my buddy's house and hung out there, made sure I did nothing stupid and just kind of just celebrated a little. Mom, dad, come pick me up at 11 sharp, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. My mom was like, if you need a ride, you call me immediately and all that stuff. That's kind of how it went. Well, listen, moms are uh, moms are worried for a reason. They know uh, they know us sons are are idiots, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, listen, so we've we've been out there for a little bit now. We just signed officially this past week. So uh take me through what's kind of been going on since we got out there now. Right. So this first week, so I got in on Sunday, last Sunday. Um, I had a connecting flight in Chicago. And then I got to Arizona, where the first kid I met was a uh, first baseman grad from Ole Miss. Uh, he was a, and we were on the same flight because he's from the Chicago area. So Boss, probably. I, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then him and I got a, uh, got an Uber here. And then we kind of just settled in. And then the next morning, we, uh, we started with our mini camp so we had a mini camp the whole week um it was basically uh like physicals and evaluations and all that stuff starting at around 7 30 every morning the one morning we had blood work at 6 a.m which sucked gotta um, yeah, gotta be there on time as we pointed out before <laughs> right absolutely yeah make sure you're there um and yeah so it's just been a whole lot of, we didn't throw for the first day or two um and then they kind of just took us outside you know this week's been a whole lot of like actually not a whole lot of coaching just kind of see how we go about things how we like to do things and then they they cater to those um but yeah no i mean i met a whole bunch of guys i've got about three uh three suite mates one roommate we share a room um and yeah kind of nice son uh, nice setup though the i know the the, the rangers are usually um kind of on the higher side of uh organizations who take really good care of their minor leaguers is that right yeah it's 100 percent right we um we are staying at a place called ranger village which is kind of like a hotel slash dorm complex right across the street from our training facility so it's super nice i can just wake up every morning you know uh, just walk out the door take an elevator down and i'm about like a 30 second walk across the street to the complex that is absolutely awesome. Ranger Village sounds like a place where uh, we would house minor leaguers in, uh, in when they're in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how it is. Well, that is that is awesome. So um, since being out there, have we gotten to uh, experience any of the uh, the delicious Mexican food in Arizona? Have you gotten anything delicious out there? I have not yet. I have not. I haven't really experienced a, a, a whole bunch of food out here. We have our um, we have a cafeteria. So and they're serving at least two meals a day kind of thing. So I've kind of been eating there, you know, there's like some post-game meals kind of thing. Yep. Um, they, they usually, uh, usually you get out there and it's, it's unlimited food, right? You, it's, it's easy to just kind of, kind of load up and you're at the field a ton. 
Right. Yeah. Buffet style. Super nice. Gotta love it. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to soon. I'm a huge Mexican guy. So I've been asking, I've been in a little bit of Ubers lately, you know, asking them like, Hey, like what's good to eat around here? Kind of trying to figure that out a little bit, but yeah, you're going to spend some, some time there. Right. Um, you know, right now, obviously always right. hope that you end up there for as much time as, as they want to keep you there. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. you get to get to know the area becoming comfortable out there. Ultimately, you know, posting up in Ranger village, probably as long as, as long as we can staying out there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to head back to the Buffalo area. I think end of September, early October, a little bit around there, but I'm out here until then. Yeah. Yep. And it's uh, like I said, so um, from a resource standpoint, right. The training room, the, the weight room, take us through a little bit of the, uh, the wow factor and the uh, improvements, if you will, as far as um, you know, the facilities that you're used to in our area and right. no, no, dis- no disrespect on end trip. I know they just put a bunch of work into their school right. and their weight room and everything, but we gotta, we gotta have a, a little bit of a, Oh, wow. When we get out there. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely not trying to diss anything in Western New York. You know, I mean, I, I actually didn't really go to many facilities when I was in Western New York. So I, I only really experienced the will North weight room and the N triple C weight room, but um, it is incredible. I mean, it's like, you, you, you know, like it's, it's going to be like very, very nice professional, but yeah, I mean, there's the athletic training room, which has got any kind of arm recovery that you need. Basically there's cold tub, hot tub, blood flow reduction, like anything you could possibly ask for. They have it. The weight room is incredible. Um, it has just like, there's just tons of power racks, mirrors, like tons of just, it's literally everything you could ask for. It's, it's great. You can't look around and be unmotivated when you're in there. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's, it's just a whole bunch of like, wow, they're putting a lot into us. Like let's make this happen kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it makes you guys, like you said, there's, not a ton of coaching that's going on right now where they're kind of observing what you do full Mm -hmm. circle kind of brings us back to us being a guy who had his own routine, who believed in kind of what he did, went about his business the the right way from the get go. Well, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you get out there and there's not a lot of work to do right. There's just, Hey, he's here to get better. Let's see what he's doing. Let's kind of grab some of the low hanging fruit. If he's got anything to really kind of focus on, but like anything that they've given you in this, this first, you know, week or so, have you had like force plate testing? Have you done your weight room stuff? What, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what kind of intensive um, things have we kind of, kind of tested out on? Right. Yeah. So um, it's been a whole bunch. We haven't done the force plate stuff yet. They have force plates in the mound and all that stuff, trying to see how we move. They have like the biomechanical lab that we are going to pitch in with all the camp, like all that stuff, like everybody else has, obviously. Um, they're still, they're, they're ahead. They're, they're ahead of a lot of them out there. (laughs) uh Yeah, I have heard that, but yeah. So, um, a lot of physical tests, you know, just seeing like, they like kind of stretch you in every way you can imagine, um, kind of seeing how you move. Um, they like take like the markers and draw it on your scaps to kind of see like how your scaps move everything. And then just a whole bunch of like assessments like that, where they're just seeing, you know, how functional, how functional you are to move, you know, like they take, maybe take like a video to, are you throwing? There's just tons of staff members there watching you throw. They haven't really, they haven't really prescribed like, oh, this is the certain way you, we want you to warm up. This is like how we want you to throw. It's just a whole bunch of like, 
just do what you, do what you're doing and then we'll see like okay if there's something super wrong like we'll correct it but let's just let's just add on to what you have so far you're here for a reason right is a is a big thing that i feel like and um one of our minor leaguers we had with the the dodgers is i thought he put it really well um you know again organizationally everybody's different but the dodgers in their first minor league player meeting with all the guys say you know we you're here because we believe you're a big leaguer until Mm -hmm. you show us you're not a big leaguer so like Mm -hmm. every single one of you in here like we expect to see you in los angeles on our team right and that you know to me just spoke to how much confidence they have in hey they brought you out here they haven't fixed anything they haven't changed anything like they believe Mm -hmm. that they drafted a, a big leaguer in you and i i know that again the rangers are kind of in in a really good spot from philosophy and development that they feel the same way about all their guys yeah definitely one thing i've noticed is that the rangers have never used the words like if you make it to arlington this is what's going to happen it's a whole lot of when you make it there because they believe in every single person from the draft class no matter if you're the first round pick or if you're just an undrafted signee they think that you will make it and they say when you make it to arlington this is how things are going to be and they just just they talk about it well, dude, that, it sounds like we're in a great spot out there. Um, mm-hmm. cannot wait to have you back in the area. Obviously, mm-hmm. we'll catch up when you uh, when you get here. Um, but until then, um, all the best out there, and uh, go have a have a fun Sunday with the uh, with the boys. Absolutely, Jimbo. I appreciate it. We'll do. Thank you, Morris. Thank no you problem. For it down with us. Adios. Thank you for listening to Holding Down the Fort. This is Jimbo Fort reminding you to hold it down. Be on the lookout for our new merch. Anybody who has any questions for the show or for our guests on the show, please email us at holdingdownthefortpod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube for all the latest updates and to hold it with us. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back for the next episode.